Holy moly, on today's episode, we have a dear friend of mine who is the man behind the scenes of one of the most successful launched e-commerce businesses I've seen in the last 10 years. We talk so much with so much value nuggets. I only wrote five notes to tell you about today because I can't put into words the value, the principles, the reminders of everything in here to go from nothing to multi-million dollar brand. And I want you to imagine this. Imagine launching a product and having it sell out in 30 seconds when you drop it. Like that's what we cover today. How he went from mashed potatoes to founding Montana Knife Company, the true definition of marketing, how really bad marketing is not a strikeout, it's just a swing and a miss. Is your marketing fresh and topical? And my favorite part where he ended, make sure you're focusing on impact and not your approval to guarantee your success. And so I don't wanna disrupt this one anymore. I don't wanna get in the way of it anymore. I really have no words to convey the value in this episode. So I'm gonna recommend that you buckle in, listen closely and write down every principle that lands that's applicable to your business. So without further ado, here's the intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today I'm stoked because this human being tends to find me in life. We bump into each other in Target parking lots and rodeo parking lots. We have to live in the same town, but he's an absolute badass. He's a girl dad, which means, you know, he's a badass since he's the only male in his house. Collector of old Jeeps, absolute creative genius, marketing genius, but embodies absolutely everything I love about marketing and creativity and giving a fuck about your customers and what you create and taking pride in it. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome my friend Brandon to the show. So Brandon, thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh, thank you, man. No, I'm, I'm really glad that we finally actually get to sit down and actually have a real good conversation instead of just passing ships in the night. I, I know. It's always when we're out doing dad errands. Like I'm like in a target party. He's like, George, I'm like, Brandon, what's up? We catch up. I'm like, oh, we're going to the rodeo. Hey, daughter, son, let's go. And I'm like... I love that we live 10 minutes away from each other. And our, our first sit down in life is like, hey, let's just get on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I have to do the same thing with Rob and Dan too. It's funny. I'm like, the moment I'm like, hey guys, come on the show. We get like two uninterrupted hours of talking and it's incredible. I'm like, we should do this more often. I'm like, okay, I'll schedule on the show again so we can get it into your calendar. <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, it's, it's only the time, the only time we'll actually like, sit down a pencil like a block of time just to talk without know. any interruptions. It's very rare. It is. It is. This balance and the, the harmony of entrepreneurship. But we're also living in like, I believe Noah's Ark, where we live in Montana right now. We're trying not to float away. So there's plenty of other stuff yeah. on the docket that's taking our attention. <laughs> that's the truth. So, man, yeah. I'm going to give some context for everybody on my show that's listening because uh, Obviously, you guys know I live in Montana. I'm hiding here for the rest of my eternity, right? I'm dying in Montana in a long time, but this is where I'll be. Actually, it's funny. When we moved here, um, I trusted my wife and daughter. They, were, they wanted us to move for years, but we were waiting for my daughter to graduate. And this was like on my wife's list. One of our friends grew up here, lived here. And uh, I was like, yeah, right. We're never moving. Like I was just like content, like we were not moving. And then uh, my wife and daughter took a trip during uh, that part of the world where it was shut down full of bullshit. 
and came and explored the country and they came to Montana and they took a road trip and they did everything and they come home. My wife walks in the house and she's like, we're moving in three weeks. And I was like, uh, my daughter's a sophomore. You said when she's a senior, she's like, no, 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 no. So I'd never been to Montana. So the first day I came into Montana was when I was driving over the salmon, uh, out of salmon, Idaho over the pass. And I came over the mountain and I'll never forget this. I'm driving my Jeep, which you'll love, like the giant zombie apocalypse movie. I can't hear myself thinking. And I sent my wife an audio. I'm like, hey, I love you. But if you ever want to move, it's either long distance or divorce because I'm not leaving. And I swear to God, like that was my <laughs> sentiment of like getting into Montana. Um, but because of that, like I've been incredibly blessed to meet some incredible people, you guys being one of them. But I was a fan before I met you. And so I'm a big hiker. I love outdoors. I love all of it. And you literally own like the most badass fucking knife company on the planet, rightfully named Montana Knife Company. And I was stoked to find out that I loved it. And then I found out you owned it. And then we became friends. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is the right way to do it. And so for everybody wondering, like, if you hear me joking about all of it, it's because I've been a fan for a long time. When you see me hiking and running and I have my orange speed goat on my thing and I'm like running through the woods, that's what it is. And so Brandon's absolutely incredible and also somebody I look up to immensely. And so I just wanted to give that uh, a little bit of a story arc because he pushes my creativity and makes me want to shoot every day and work harder than I already do. Um, but for now, for some context of everybody there, we talked earlier, you grew up in Pennsylvania in a flood zone. So we'll get over the PTSD of that. But like, how did you get into like marketing, right? Because I know now you own part of Montana and I feel like the creative director. You're like the guy behind the scenes. But like, how did you get into this whole world? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. So um, I was, you know, I was lucky. Uh, and I say that a lot because um, I've always wanted to be in the arts. Um, okay. I always wanted to be a graphic designer. Um, I knew that since like middle school. Um, you know, so it's really funny. You, like you look at my high school diploma, it's like 100% in fine arts, 100% in crafts, 100% in this and just straight D's and C's and everything else. Um, you know, and somehow I pulled that, pulled that all together, was able to get into a, a state school in Pennsylvania. Same thing. I had, I think I had a, a 3.95 in major for my, gra for my, for like, for my classes. And then, uh, I think my overall GPA was like a 2.9, 2.5. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I know where to focus my energy. Um, and I think that kind of leads into some other stuff, you know, going on later in my life. But, um, you know, how I got into marketing was, is, um, you know, going through college, I knew that no matter what, like a graphic designer, you can only get so far. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and I realized that I love, I, I love the idea of creating the bigger picture, the brand, mm -hmm. um, which at that time, I didn't even know that was even a job. A brand manager, didn't even know that existed, didn't even know what a marketing director was or really and all that stuff. Um, so I got my start. It's actually kind of a funny story because at the time it was, I was so embarrassed to take this job. I can't even like, so I'll get into this. So <laughs> when I was in school, um, there was an internship for the dining services. So the Edinburgh university dining services, pretty much the chow hall. Okay. Um, but what, so I, I joined them and I was designing their menus and their, you know, helping them, you know, design logos for different dining concepts and all this stuff. And it's 2008. What happened in 2008? The economy crashed, you know, and then what I didn't realize is that the dining service was actually owned by this giant corporation. And it was at the time, I think it was like the 10th or like 12th largest employer in the world because this dining corporation also not only ran um, all the universities, but it ran like airports like Salt Lake and it ran you know, prisons and it ran amusement parks. And so it had all this just massive corporation that managed, you know, hundreds of brands. 
So right out of college, you know, I was finishing up their internship there in the senior year, 2008 happens, the economy completely just crashes and they start laying off everyone. And they actually laid off my boss and they go, Hey, you know, your boss was here for like 20 years. He was the highest pay scale possible. Uh, we just can't keep him aboard. And he understands that, but he's like, if you're willing to, we'll hire you for his position at the lowest pay scale. And I was like, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so like right out of school, landed a marketing, you know, a marketing manager position. You know, I had a staff, I had an intern, I had an assistant. Um, you know, I was completely, you know, green behind the ears um, for this. But, and again, like I said, I was so embarrassed to take this job because it was like the dining service. Like I'm selling meal plans, I'm pushing mashed potatoes and all this stuff. But what I didn't realize was happening was, is that I was getting an absolute crash course on brand management. Um, because on our college, you know, we had a Starbucks, we had a Subway, you know, we had all these, you know, we had Seattle's Best, we had Caribou Coffee, we had all this. So I had to manage all of their brand books and all their brand identities at the age of like 21. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, you know, and what a lot of people don't realize in some of these small towns, those um, dining services at these colleges are probably the most, like, profitable, you know, yeah. you know, food service businesses in the entire town. You know, our little colleges, you know, it started at a $5 million account and ended up being close to $9 million at the end of when I was there for, you know, for about five years. So, um, so that's how I got my start in marketing. Um, mm. so I went from there, um, and then I got a, a crazy, um, job opportunity with one of the largest supplement companies at the time, um, USP labs, makers mm -hmm. of Jacked. Yeah. So anyone Dude, that was my those? favorite pre-workout. Oh, you posted about this. I responded. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, I was there during the heyday of like the GNC craze and vitamin shop and all this stuff. So, um, you know, and that's what kind of led me into like learning how to do a proper product launch. Mm. Um, so I took all that brand identity knowledge I had for my first job and then I took it to this job. And this is where I learned how we, you know, we were doing a, you know, a supplement product launch every other week. Mm -hmm. um, if it wasn't a new flavor, it was a new product or a new something. And so just another crash course. And like, listen, you're going to do a product launch every other week from here until the end of time. So that's where I kind of got all, that. This is all already making so much sense to me now <laughs> with just this part of the backstory. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, and, and that was, I mean, I was there for almost six, seven years. Um, okay. You know, and we did some really cool stuff and you, and that was back you know, that was back when we were building, um, Facebook profile pages, not, not even pages, but like Facebook profiles as a human for yep. our company. It was yep. like the avatar and like all that stuff. And like, yep. I remember the day like Facebook was like, Hey guys, like all businesses have to change the pages yep. or groups. Like yep. this is, you know, we were doing social media before then. Um, God, back when it was great and easy and fun. We're and talking, we're talking like we're 50 years in the future. I feel so old right now because like. <laughs> When I became an entrepreneur, I had to make a fake college email to get a Facebook account to run my business on Facebook. Like that's how green and early we were. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, but, but, but there's also something to that with, with, with like being able to grow with the arc, um, mm -hmm. you know, because, because before then, you know, we were spending X amount of millions of dollars on Facebook ads or not, sorry, on print ads. Yep. And then just one day we turned it off and sales didn't change. Like it's insane. Like what you just turn something off that we, you know, we, you know, we thought was the driving factor of marketing and we turned that off and just put all our focus as, you know, social media, which was crazy at the time. Yep. You know, um, so, and then from there, um, pretty much, you know, and then this kind of gives my transition to Montana. My wife is originally from Montana. 
Uh, but I actually met her in Pennsylvania and one day we were living in Dallas and I said, Hey, if you can get a job in Montana, we can move there. That was mm. on a Thursday. Um, she had a job, she had a job <laughs> interview Friday and had an uh, offer letter on Monday and we had our house, house on the market the next Friday. So love it. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, and then from, then from there, and then, and then that's where, you know, our, our mutual friends, Rob, you know, I started working with Flagner fell for a couple of years. Um, yeah. and I mean that, you know, I learned more there in those two years than probably in the past, like 10, mm -hmm. um, just because it was absolute crash course. You know, I mean, how many brands do they have under, under house? So we were working like on all 30, 38 or so right now, if I like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was cool. So, you know, everyone there had to wear many hats. Um, and you just learned a lot. You like, you learn how to just get stuff done and yeah. just make sure deadlines are being hit. And there's just no excuses for, for missing a deadline or missing a drop or anything like that. So, um, and we could probably get more into that later, but yeah, that's where it kind of like, kind of led me. Dude, to it's just day. so, it's so interesting. Like literally like I see Montana knife in like my vision right now, based on like three jobs and like all of the pieces collectively coming together to create this, like what I consider like a gold standard in like running an e-commerce company with what you guys do at Montana knife. Now it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> perfect sense to me. Oh man, there's like so many places I go, but like one of the things, and I think I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning, because I think one of the things that I love and respect about you guys so much is that your brand has this massive, consistent, incongruent story. And it has from day one. Like I remember the first couple of drops, but like, if you look then compared to now, it's the same, like nothing has changed. It's been consistent. It's been congruent. And I feel like it's what's created so much likability and trust between you and consumers to create this movement. And then I would have never thought, and then you, I had to write this down from mashed potatoes to Montana Knife Company. Like I never would have thought <laughs> that like branding menu boards. But when you were thinking about like Montana Knife, like I know that you had known Josh and Josh was making custom knives and we're gonna have Josh on the show as well. But like, mm -hmm. what do you look for? Cause like, this is what I love about your brain. Like when you started to see it earlier, you're like, oh, we had the hero's journey down. Like, how do you even start to think about like, all right, cool. We have this knife and we're going to give it to consumers and it's going to go in the hunting. But like, from my side, I'm not a graphic designer. I'm a hack that's really good on video and I have a graphic designer behind me, but I like look at it and this thing just like looked like perfection, like everything you post. Every story I see, every drop that I see, every fucking photo you post, I'm just like, how is this so perfect? Like, what was that like in the beginning? Like when you guys, did you have a knife first? And you're like, this is what I want the brand to be. This is what I want the store to be. Like, I'd love to hear your process around that. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, so I, I, I know this sounds crazy, but I always start, you know, when people ask like, how'd you, like, how'd you start this so quick? And like, how did it take off so fast and all this stuff? And uh, I always started with like, I've already made all the mistakes. I've totally. made every single mistake in the book. Um, so, you know, and what is marketing really? Marketing is just um, experimenting, mm -hmm. you know, and the, and the beautiful thing about it is unless you do something that really makes someone like that insults someone, or if you do something that, um, that just does that it's bad for the brand, like really bad marketing is just, it's not a strikeout. It's just a swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't affect the end game. Um, it usually honestly just means that no one's solid. What the, what's the whole point of marketing is being in front of people's eyes. So the idea is just like, you know, and, and kind of like going back to what you're saying was just like, you know, I, I already had a bunch of things I knew that worked really, mm -hmm. really well. 
So I was like, let's just start with these things that work really, really well. I've tested them. They've been, you know, they've been through the ringer. I, we can turn it on immediately. Um, and that's where, you know, where, where I think we really got our start. And the nice thing was, is that, you know, I, you know, I, I have a pretty decent, you know, background photography. And I was like, uh, so listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. way to underplay <laughs> so, so, it. Okay. <laughs> well, it's something I could do every day. Um, so like, so let, let's just lean into Instagram. So instead of going towards TikTok, you know, not that there's anything wrong with TikTok or any other channels, it's just, that's just not me. Like I mm -hmm. can't put out a TikTok reel every single day, but I can put five Instagram posts out a day, you know? So it's just like, I'm leaning into my strengths and that's what, mm -hmm. always what we did is just lean into our strengths. Um, and then another thing too, um, just knives, like the one thing that attracted me so much to the knife industry was, is it's a very photographable, like very photographic I don't even know if that's a word. Photogenic. Photogenic. It's a very photogenic um, object. So it's small. Um, I can do tons of lay flats with it. I can do tons of, you know, um, what, what, what I like, you know, I don't know if, if it comes across, but what I like to say is like, I shoot a lot in the first person. It's as oh, yeah, if, you're sure. in, if you're in the scene and you're looking down at the knife being placed in a certain setting. Um, I don't take a lot of shots of people holding the knives or like, you know, you don't see a lot of that. It's a lot of that first person, like I want to put the customer in that cabin, making that coffee with that, mm -hmm. or, you know, that bloody hand or like that, you know, you know, cause like that's, I want, I want to get a, I want to get across the field of people using the knives. So that's what, uh, you know, so we just started off with like all of our photos have to make someone feel like they're using that knife. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you just stick to that role that helped us and then, you know, and then probably our other strongest suit has just been kind of sticking to our guns about the drops. Um, you know, and at first, like everyone thought this was like a manufactured marketing ploy. Unfortunately, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, like, so, you know, Josh had his first set of knives, um, you know, and he had, he made 200, most of them got given away, um, you know, to friends, family, um, you know, I don't want to say influencers, but you know, anyone that we can give, give the knife to, we gave the knife to. Um, and then we're like, oh no, we're out of knives. <laughs> <laughs> like we gave them all away so and uh so th so then you know that's when josh had the brilliant idea to do that speed goat because it was easy to make and then we wrap it and took a little bit less time from josh um and you know but we still had to wait for that steel and we still had to wait for it to get made and you know making one knife is easy but making 200 knives at a time mm -hmm. is very hard so our first drop was only a couple hundred and so i had three months to market the hype and you know, it was really weird because in the knife industry, everyone does pre-orders. Yep. And, and that was like one thing I was like, well, let's do a little bit different. Um, cause first of all, we don't know when we're gonna be able to make them again or if we can make them again or anything. So let's just, this first drop, let's just do, you know, we'll just do it just like the apparel industry Thursday night. We're going to drop, you know, 200 and see how they sell. And, uh, you know, our first sellout was like 30 minutes. Like it oh, just sold out. I know. I think by the third one, <laughs> like when I grabbed another one. I completed my purchase in like under 45 seconds. And then literally, <laughs> literally, I think a minute and a half later, I went to look again and they were sold out. And I was like, you fuckers, come on. <laughs> yeah. So I want to unpack some of this because there's so mm, much gold in here. So like number one, like what I love and nothing wrong with platforms or TikToks, but it's like you had this vision of what you wanted to be. So you guys got crystal clear of like, okay, what are our strengths? Like, I understand that like, this is the story we want to tell visually. And by the way, every one of your photos makes me feel like I'm holding the knife or doing that activity, which comes across in everything you do. Even when Riley does videos for you guys, like, I'm like, oh, that's so good. Um, 
And I get that feel. But what it sounds like is that you set your intention of like, well, how do I want people to feel? And like, what am I really good at? And you align those strengths together. And then from there, you're like, here's my vision. And then you're like, what platforms can I utilize? Not where do I go to where other people are, but where do I feel the most inspired and strong that'll give me the best opportunity? And then you go to Instagram and then you go from, okay, I know everybody does this, but we don't want to set ourselves up to fail. We don't want to create business stress. We don't want to be able to not fulfill and damage the relationship. So what can we do in that shared knowledge? And then from my outside take, because like I've been a fan since the early days, like I think the first drop was the first one I saw, probably because Rob. And then you do it and then you use that to assess like, okay, what worked? What can we do now? How do we stay consistent and congruent, keep Instagram running, build the relationships with all the people coming in, keep them enrolled in the process, let them know what we're doing. And then when we make them again, drop again. Something like uh, that? No. Yeah, no. And that's, that, that's exactly it. And it honestly, it sounded way better than when I said it. <laughs> well, my job, my job yeah. is to like synthesize. But what I also love too is like, yeah. there's this, there's this element of like this massive principle in like any successful business, which is simplicity. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, no matter how many companies you've been a part of, or I've been a part of the ones I come in and consult, it's always complexity that kills them. And it's trying to be everywhere all the time. And what ends up happening is you either sacrifice the quality, you sacrifice the relationship or you sacrifice yourself. And you're like, okay, yeah. cool. I naturally take photos every day. And like, this is how I want them to feel. And like, you have a very photogenic product and you're like, Instagram is a photo driven visual creative department that matches well and there's an ecosystem here and like josh's skill set is making badass knives right we'll talk about mm -hmm. the quality of them later because they're really insane um and badass knives when you marry those together your success is almost guaranteed if you take your marketing ethos of like marketing is just testing and it's not striking out it's like if you miss it you just swing again right and then you keep going and going and you iterate as you go so like it's beautiful. Like it's, it's insane. Everyone's like, what's the secret? I'm like, well, he just told you what the secret is. Yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate it. And, and that is the thing is like, you know, I, I get emails and DMs like every week, like, Hey, like what's like, you said, like, what's the secret? I'm like, just follow what I'm doing and do exactly as I do. Cause everything I'm doing is in the public. That's marketing. Yes. You, you know, yes. there, there's no, you know, we're way past a day of like hacks. You know, like hacking oh, the internet, like hacking Instagram, hacking Facebook, hacking. The only, the only real hack is like what we talked about before is like just hacking relationships. That's it. Like actually building relationships. That's the I do, only thing I in the do miss the I do miss the old days where we could spend a dollar on Facebook and make 50 and not even have to attribute it because it just worked. <laughs> like I do miss those days a little bit. But yeah, I think. But I also think too, like to give you some some credence to like what you do. Um, you shoot every day, but you also put in a massive amount of effort. Like when I watch you dropping mm -hmm. content, I'm like, oh, there's Brandon in the truck. Oh, he's going camping. Oh, they're going shooting. Like you're like shooting every single day and you're shooting with this frame of like, does this match the brand story? Does this match the ethos? Is this portraying what I want it to portray? But it's almost like a muscle too. And you're a lot faster now, but you're putting in and have put in the legwork consistently every single day. And everyone now like, what are you doing that makes it work? And I was like, well, the big secret's consistency, mm -hmm. right? Like more than anything. Like, I mean, I can expect every day I log into Instagram and like you're in my favorites, like you're in the top 20 of people I interact with every day. And I'm like, I know exactly what I'm going to see today. And I'm stoked to see what fucking creative way he uses this knife. <laughs> you have like a cup of coffee, mixing a cocktail on the back of a bumper by Flathead River. And I was like, dude, that's so creative. And I was like, but knowing 
having some photography skills. I'm like, there's probably also a hundred shots that didn't get posted. That's, you know, what it was what I think last year I want, I wanted to figure out how many shots I took. So I, I okay. went to my light room. I went to my light room. So last year I took, so just with my DSLR, just my, yep. my Sony, I took, I took over 40,000 photos. 40,000 photos in a year, just with the camera, not even the phone. Yeah, not even the phone. So 40,000 photos. Um, and I think that edited down to like three or 4,000, obviously just, you know, nothing, a lot, a lot of photos don't make it. Um, you know, it, we posted, I think, um, 1200 times last year or like 1100 times last year. Um, you know, and, and again, like when I'm doing it, I didn't really, really, I didn't really realize what I was doing. And now that mm -hmm. you know, people are asking like, what is the secret? It is, it really, it's, it's the net effort over the entire year. Mm -hmm. And where I see a lot of marketers fail is they go after those Hail Marys, like oh, only if we just had Joe Rogan. Or only if we could just get this one celebrity, or if we could just go viral that one time. Let me tell you, we went viral ten times last year. Oh, remember and the bear video? The bear video, like all this stuff, like all of our stuff, like we went viral a bunch of times. So I'm telling you, like that was just, like that just evened out our our plateaus, you know, mm -hmm. our our valleys and our our peaks and stuff like that. That's all that stuff does. It's it's all about just that net effort that you put in every single day. Well, um, I was going to say too, before you go on that thought, I think what's important too, is to understand like somebody who teaches marketing on my side, like a couple of years ago, they said, uh, one in every 83 videos went viral, right? It was some random stat they pulled to figure out the metric. I was like, but the part that people miss is that something goes viral and there's not a home to keep them in. Then you lose all that attention once it comes in. And so mm -hmm. you guys had the net because of the consistency and the relationship that's created so that when Joe posted about it and Dana posted about it. It didn't just go viral for a hockey stick. It went up, but then there was somewhere that was consistent and congruent with that feeling of the brand that we want to portray and that they had a place to either realize like, I just want a knife. I don't want the brand or fuck, this is something I want to follow and be a part of. And there was an ecosystem for them to come in, which, yeah. So I, I love that, but I wanted to say it too, because like, I, I see the same thing. It's like, well, what about this one webinar? What about this one video or this, this one product drop? I'm like, well, there's a good chance it's not going to work. I can almost guarantee you it's not going to work. Like everyone's like, oh, you're one funnel away. I'm like, yeah, I funnel 107, right? Because none of us post about the first 106 ones, right? Like I know it looks exactly. like it works. So <laughs> I just, I wanted to give credence to that because that's a really valid point. Yeah, no, no. And, and again, like I said, it, it's something I'm, because we're, we're at a very special place right now. Um, yeah. Watching this company grow. Um, it's very, it's, it's not typical. The, the amount of growth that we're getting in the past like two years. So I like, I'm really trying to, you know, and this is something I learned from like Flagner Film, just honestly, just being around Rob yeah. is just like, I'm trying to learn to live in this moment and try to like soak it all in. Um, and you know, I've, I've, I've been very lucky to literally have my desk next to many, many people who've made many millions of dollars mm -hmm. and it's kind of crazy, but it's, it's like, I'm not only just watching how they're building their business, but kind of like the sociology behind the business and stuff like that. It's kind of giving me like a, like, I was almost like prepared for these, for what's happening for this blast off. Like, you know, not, not, not that I'm like, I, I manifested it, but like, okay, now I'm like, okay, now remember everything you learned now enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think you did. Like, I, I feel like manifestation is a result of multiple consistent intentional inputs, right? Like that's really what it boils down to. And what I love about it and with that experience of being around it, it's that you're also not getting attached to the outcome. 
Mm -hmm. which would then prevent it from happening again. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I'm glad that Joe posted. I'm glad that Dana loves the knife. I'm glad that whoever I saw that video, like slicing their hand with one of your knives. So this is good for their marketing. It's actually going to help more people see it. But <laughs> those were results of the consistent intention and input around the brand, around the story. And then when you don't get attached to that result, you can create more of them because you keep putting in the inputs. So like the humility piece of it is actually like one of the secrets, right? I mean, I know. Because the amount of millions of dollars I flushed down the toilet because I'm like, look, we made it. And I'm like, oh, let me take a break and stop doing every fucking thing that worked and then wonder where it all went again. And I was like, oh, here we go again, right? I only had to do that like seven times before I figured <laughs> it out. But uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. And then um, with that, so mashed potatoes to Montana knife, consistency, create every day. I actually love this ethos. And it's like one of my favorite things about you is like, can you explain this thing with you of like create every day? Because I feel like, <laughs> It's one of the secret sauces to not only learning so fast, but even in staying in line with your philosophy of marketing, which I wholeheartedly agree with, is that you basically give yourself unlimited chances in the batter's box to where one of them's guaranteed to hit because of this ethos. Could you explain to everybody like what that is and what that means to you and like how you use it? Yeah, no, no, that's, yeah. So I, I honestly just started this, you know, I forget when I really first posted it, probably about a year ago or so. Um, but you know, it, and it was almost kind of like a nudge to, you know, kind of the comments. So a lot, okay. I, I, I not, now that I really think about it, like about six months into us building Montana knife company, uh, we, we had a competitor, um, come out to us and just say like, oh, it's cute. Like they'll burn off, they'll burn <laughs> off. You know, I've seen this like 10, and this is a major company. Mm -hmm. uh, we won't, I won't say the names, but they're like, ah, you know, we, we've seen these, we've seen this happen all the time. They'll, You're a they'll better burn man off than and, me. You're a better yeah. man than me. <laughs> yeah. I'd be fucking they'll, dropping dimes. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll you know, they'll, they'll, I, I, I think he said like, yeah, he'll, he'll burn off and he'll lose steam. I mean, literally saying it to me. Um, and I was like, okay, let's, let's see how that goes. Let's see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, and then, but I was already shooting every day um, yeah. because like I had to come up with a piece of content for every day. And, you know, I can honestly say last year we posted, I, I posted every day of all last year, except for one day I was out of service, completely out, like, I think it was like completely in the back country. Yeah. Um, but, but that's, it's, but it's like, I want to give myself as much, as much, like, I always want to have something to post about. And when you're posting every single day, it kind of goes back to like those old, you know, the daily Gary V's and like the daily, you know, um, you know, when you're doing it every day, it, it like you said, it becomes a muscle mm -hmm. and it's like, it's easy. Like now when I have a quick setup, like if, you know, we're, we're like, we're dropping the magnet cut Blackfoots. Like, I know, like, I can just go into my garage real quick. I know my setup. I know my lighting. I know everything. I can shoot 10 minutes, 10 minutes editing. I got to post stuff. Yep. And, and, and it honestly, you know, it's kind of like a nudge to that, 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 you know, that's what someone kind of challenging us in our early days. But then also too, it's like, you know, a lot of businesses, you know, I talked to a lot of marketers and like, man, I don't know how you have the energy to like post every day. I'm like, the posting part's easy. Like, yeah. There's times that literally like the sun is coming through my window. I turn off a movie, get in my truck, drive down to the river, shoot something, come back, edit it, and then post it. Like, mm -hmm. like just understand like someone, like you're one of your competitions probably doing. Yep. If, you, if yeah. you're not, you know, to kind of deal. And I think, I think too, cause like there's a, there's a whole lot of this. I actually just had a private client leaving and we, we did some rough math and we figured out that there was so much bloat in the company that about 80% of the company hours were being spent on less than 5%, like 0.5% of the business. Like the part that was only generated like 0.5% because marketing, 
Marketing is getting somebody's attention, keeping it long enough for them to pick their thumb up off the fucking phone, right? Because we're talking about phones now, just so they don't next you real quick. And then having a story or something that's enrolling enough for them to come in and take a next step. But yet what I see is everyone's like, okay, how can I batch the next 30 days for like a half a point a day? And I would actually love your thoughts on this because nobody likes my answer. But I'm like, go ahead and try to batch 30 dates with your wife and let me know how it fucking works, right? Because you're going to be sleeping on the couch, right? Like there, there's a point. And so like, I'd love your thought about this because I'm a big proponent of like relationships happen in the moment, right? Marketing happens in the moment. Now there's a science to it, right? Like consistency is a science, whether you're posting once a day, or five times a day, but I think the science is being intentional, but I think the art is finding your strengths and capacity and asking like what the tilt is or what the, the levers you're trying to pull in the business. And if it's getting attention and your competitors are posting eight to 10 times a day and you're like, oh, I'm gonna schedule out the next 30 days, like you're fucked. Like, I don't care which way you slice it because it's just a matter of amplitude and touch points at that point. And so I'm going to ask, but I'm assuming you don't batch your content. You take photos, you have an arsenal of things that are consistent and congruent, and then you write in that moment and post in that moment to try to build these relationships and get people to raise their hand. <laughs> no, I, I see. I love that. I love, I, I'm really enjoying this conversation. So I'm starting to realize a lot of stuff that I'm not realizing that I'm not doing, which uh -huh. is probably good. No, I, I've never, I've never scheduled a post or batched a post in my life. Yeah. Um, and it's. And it's, I think it's a little bit of a bad habit too, you know, cause you know, a, you know, a couple of years ago, everything was about the four, you know, four hour work week and just yeah. getting as systematic as possible and doing this and doing this. I'm like, I'm, you know, I, I, I was, I, you know, I'm the complete opposite of that. I'm exactly what you said. Like, I want to be like, I want our stuff to be fresh and I want it to be mm -hmm. topical and I want it to, you know, there might be something that hits in the news or there might be something that hits in the industry or, you know, and I want to be able to react to that instantly um you know a, a really good example is um the um the flood fundraiser that we're doing that we started last week um mm -hmm. you know so you know the um come hell or high water flood raiser you know the flooding happened tuesday night we had everything done wednesday mm -hmm. because we were able just to react we had mm -hmm. that up um and this is something we didn't get to talk to talk about but i mean since then we've already raised fifty thousand dollars Wow. For flood victims down in, you know, in the, the southern towns of like Montana and, and that's, stuff like that. That's that's five days ago. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, present. Just so everybody knows, like we're recording. Before we recorded, we we live in an area that's getting decimated with water right now. And so the real world application of this is like that was six days ago that it happened that you created it Wednesday, five days ago you posted. And because of that speed and agility, you've been able to raise fifty thousand dollars for families who have been out because of floods. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just to kind of go back to the, yeah, I, I've never been a batcher. Um, I'm, but, 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 but that doesn't mean that I don't have like, there is like my drop calendar. Like I know there's, there's certain posts I have to have, but yeah. I, I don't have the content for it. Like I know I need, yeah. you know, you know, the knife is coming soon. The knife is live, you know, sold, you know, it's, it's available. And there's like a, there's probably about a handful of posts a week that are like, these are mandatory. I don't have the content done for it yet, but they're going to happen. But so that's the, uh, that's the science is the structures. You realize like your consistent structures. All right, we're going to drop. We're going to, we're going to tease and then we're going to let them know. And like, I could read you guys all the emails, but just go get on the fucking website whether you buy a knife or not. It's a marketing masterclass <laughs> with ethical scarcity because it's real, but it's like, 
the science is like, these are the ways in which we communicate and you set the structure. That is the batch of the structure because then you have the art, which is in that moment. Because if you try to schedule a drop two weeks from now and you took a photo and you did it, you'd already forget what that thing is, but then you can make it feel and match the moment. And that's what I think is so huge. So like, I think you batch in the right way because it's the way that I batch. Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. sit here and be like, what are we posting every day for the next 30 days? But if you tell me that we want to post every day for the next 30 days and my batch is I'm going to shoot every day or I'm going to record two videos. So like to my right right now, like you're looking at this webcam. Well, not really a webcam, a DSLR is a beautiful webcam. And then to the right, I have my R6 set up right there and that's my Reels camera. So every day I just am like, you know what? I want to talk about this. And I'll just record like two of them. Sometimes I don't even use them, but it's like, I'm just in the habit of like, what can I talk about or how can I help people? And I think the art's the most important. In my opinion, like you understand marketing, I think it's one of the lost art forms that like marketing is about relationship building and everybody got so structured and so transactional and so scared. I mean, you think about like co-schedule and Hootsuite and meet Edgar and like, we'll rewrite your posts for you. And I feel like it took the essence of like what makes marketing successful out of it. And so I love that whole like create every day. And like, if you're listening to this, like, like my, one of my staff members is sitting in front of me, George K and George is a writer. And I love that like every morning, George has a write every day, like whatever that time is, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like get words out and get them on paper. Yours is photos. Mine is I send video DMs. You will not touch me. I send probably 400 video DMs a day. Like oh, don't even fucking, that. don't even try. Like I will smoke you. <laughs> but what ends up happening is that. like, when you go to create every day, I want to create relationships. So I open my Instagram mm -hmm. and anybody who's followed me in the last 24 hours gets a video message from me saying thank oh. you and stoked to connect. And then anybody who adds me on Facebook, but that's my essence of creating every day. And so I think it's focused on the right one. So if you're listening to this, it's like, I think even going all the way back to what you said in the beginning, but I love all of this. That's why I'm tying it together of like, your strength, like your strength is photography and telling a story, right? Like George sitting mm -hmm. in front of me, his strength is writing. Like what he does with words, like fucking moves me. I don't get it. And like, that's not my skill set. Mine is I'm like the king of 15 second videos that make people laugh, create relationships, add value. And so if like you find your strength and you build it to where like that's your every day, and then you take those assets and then you put them into a structure like, oh, this is our drop or this is our weekly Friday or this is what I want to do on Instagram that I feel like it sets you up to win rather than giving you somebody else's playbook that's almost guaranteed to fail because you don't have those team members and you don't have those skills. So just wanted to say that. No, no. And, and those are all good points. And, and again, like I said, like I, I like these conversations we have because it's. Yeah. It's kind of letting, letting things like sink in a little bit too. And just honestly, just stuff that, you know. I think there's, there's probably a lot of stuff that both of us do every single day that we don't realize that we're doing. And that's just, it's a habit now. It's just yeah. pure habit. But to some other people that that might be a key changing factor in their business. For sure. For sure. Cause like I look at the things I do now. And if you asked me five years ago, I'd be like, I'm not fucking doing that. Like today, like this is my fourth podcast today. And I don't oh. even feel like I've worked yet. Like I've, I've had 12, 13 podcast day, but I remember in 2009, when I would get interviewed for a podcast, I needed like two days off because I didn't even know what I was doing and like what I was talking. It was exhausting, <laughs> exhausting. And now my team will throw a camera in front of me and I'll just riff for like nine hours. Like it feels easy, but it's also a culmination of that muscle and that consistency. And I mm -hmm. think like I'm going to keep going back to this because like when you said it, it like resonated so true for me. It's like 
our job isn't to be the star player in every position. Our job is to know what position we can perform the best in and then build our world and business around that position and then find help to support the rest or realize it's probably not a needle mover in your company anyways. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so let me let me wrap this and move into another part because I'm gonna, I want to talk about this because like I feel like when your first drop sold out in like 30 minutes, right? It's almost like we didn't expect this, but like on paper, if I was looking at it from the 30,000 foot view, I call it almost guaranteed it just based on like how you did it and what was there. And now <laughs> two years later, uh, I don't even bother anymore. I just text Brandon and I'm like, how many favors do I need to give you to set one of these aside for me? <laughs> um, but I love Brandon because he's like, no. And I'm like, cool, thanks, man. Uh, appreciate it. I support all day. But like now, like I will watch you fucking drop something and literally 74 seconds later, I see another story go up that says sold out and sold out and sold out. And one of the things that I love that you guys do, and I think that this is like one of my favorite parts of the brand, is that you guys don't try to, in my view, I could be completely off kilter, correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, but you guys don't hide anything from your audience. Like your social media is not this manicured story that you want to tell people like you're like this is all of us all the time like josh and his family like packing the knives in the back of the pickup and his daughter's like wrapping the speed goat you know with the 550 cord and like no no guys like this is all we have like these are actually all the knives on the table like it's probably like the only real world scenario that i reference for people around like utilizing ethical scarcity but also storytelling mm -hmm. and so can you guys can you tell me a little bit like because I know Josh makes knives and I know you're the marketing guy behind all of it, but is your mm -hmm. ethos around this, like being in a relationship with us, full transparency, this is what we do and document the whole process because I feel like it lends so much value to what you guys do and I love watching it, but I'd kind of love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and this is something we honestly kind of stumbled into. Okay. Um, I, I, I would honestly say like, I wouldn't say like this was like something we were planning at the beginning, you know, because we kind of came out of the game, out of the gate is like, like, okay, one of my skills, I could turn this into a polished brand immediately if I wanted yep. to. Totally. Like I could make this, I could make this look like, you know, a, a perfectly polished brand that never has any fault, you know, any faults or anything like that. Um, but then like after our first or second drop, you know, people started thinking like, oh, this is all, it's all marketing. It's all BS. Like you guys are just, you guys are just pulling the plug early. And we're like, I was like, so no, I was like, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Listen guys, you know, and then, you know, so so we, we, we honestly kind of had to start showing how the sausage was being made, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we changed, you know, I react, you know, we all reacted in the time is like, no, like we're building this, like we're bootstrapping this company from the ground up. Everything right now is still made in a two car garage connected to a shop. Yep. I mean, yes, we are building a bigger facility now, but I mean, right now like we're still in a very small footprint. Um, and like, we're showing that we're blatantly honest with it. Um, and we have to be, cause we don't want people to think that this is, you know, that we're, we're trying to set these, like these, um, limited drops up or anything like that. Cause I mean, at, I mean, honestly, you know, we had the speed go drop in December was our first one. We had a second one in January and then we didn't have another one the entire way until April. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we went January, February, March, April, we finally had some more Blackfoots in stock. And, you know, and we just had to be honest with people because people were like, hey, we want to buy one now or we want to pre-order. And we just had to explain to them that like, listen, we literally can't make them right now. Because at that time, you know, we were in the height of the pandemic. Like yep. we literally launched a company right, you know, two months after the entire nationwide lockdowns. 
Um, and you know, instantly steel supply went like this. Someone yeah. went, someone internationally went and bought all the steel and it just disappeared. So, you know, we had to like source steel and then, you know, we, our drops started getting bigger and then, you know, we weren't able to buy from middlemen. Like the middleman wouldn't sell us enough steel to do a full run of knives. So, you know, we weren't able to just buy it right off the shelf and then start producing them in the knives. And then we had to start going straight to the mill. But, you know, when we place an order, you know, if I, if we place an order right now for steel, it won't turn into a knife for about 18 months. Mm. So huge lead times right now. And, you know, and that's, that's our biggest pain point right now. And mm -hmm. we have to be very transparent about that. And, you know, it's been, it's, it's been really fun to kind of like let the customer know how we're doing it too. Like, listen, and almost like hopefully we're inspiring other people to build businesses, especially doing it all American made and mm -hmm. like, but also to let them know it's not easy. It's not as no. easy as just putting an order somewhere else and having it all land and nicely packaged and all done and all you have to do, you know, so. Yeah, given given how the fact that I have a shipping container that's been lost off the coast of Long Beach for two years and we'll never find it again, like I know exactly what you're talking about. So exactly, yeah. yeah. But I also feel like too is I, I feel like there's a, a deep lesson. It, it took me, God, I've been doing this for 21 years and like leadership and then like marketing and entrepreneurship for like 13, and it probably took me until three years ago to realize that I only made my job harder by not involving everybody in the process and not being open and transparent. Like it was like, I had this view that like I had to be, and even though I'd been through it all, like I'd had to be polished. I had to look a certain way. And now I'm just like, you can get me in my fucking pajamas two days after I've been showered teaching you a customer journey. Customer journey is still powerful, right? Like, and so for everybody listening to this, like I, I think that like, this is a big thing that I see. And like, if you want to ask like one of the secret ingredients for every successful company I build or own or consult, it's that they create a journey that the customer can take with them, not telling them what's kind of happening, but like involving them in the process. And I love how you guys do it. Like, it's so crazy to me. I don't know Josh. I just know you. But the way I talk about Josh is like, I've fucking known him for years because like, I know his girls play volleyball. I know he makes knives. I know her shop is in Montana. I know what his truck is. I know what his garage looks like. I know what his shop looks like. And I have less like affinity to like go pump up Josh and talk about him. Like he's my best friend that I've had like gone elk hunting with or had a beer with and I've never met him. Mm -hmm. And it's just a testament because it's so good. But I love that you guys do that. Now, I want to ask you something about this because I love this about you, but I want to hear your thoughts. You are unapologetically a hunting company, like a knife company for hunters. And I see some of the images and I love it and I understand all of it, but I also know what happens on the other side of that coin when it comes to social media. Mm -hmm. How do you guys as a company determine to stay on the same page and barometer wise, like unified in a mission of what we stand for? And then how do you translate that and handle it with customers that are like, is that a dead bear hand? Is that a bloody in the photo? Because that's an art form. And I would really love to hear like kind of where you guys come from and how you handle it and how you see all of that. Mm -hmm. No, that's a really, really good question. And, you know, and just to like to give you a little background too, you know, we're completely um, banned from any Facebook or social media paid advertising. I know we you can't, <laughs> we can't pay for an a second, uh, I mean, a, a cent of it. We have it since nope. day one. Um, you know, I've even scored a couple of meetings with some like global Facebook ad directors and you know, they all told me the same thing, like, hey, like, we're sorry, but just unfortunately, since it's in the hunting industry, it's considered a weapon. Mm -hmm. Even though you're cutting meat off the bone, yep, 
we can't, you know, we can't love. So but, when are we making a chef's knife? Exactly. Two months. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, and, and, and that's, but, but the thing too is like, I don't know like how much you, how much you've looked into the hunting industry and stuff like this. Um, most of the hunting knives in the hunting industry are made by um, either a toll company yep. or a pocket knife company that sees a market. And they're like, oh, hunters will buy knives. So what they do is they just take their knife, they turn it orange, and they feed it to the hunter. And it's a whole, I'm not talking, it's just, it's not the right tool for the job. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so we're the only, like, there's others, like, don't get me wrong, but like, we're go like, we're trying to be a mass produced knife company. We're trying to be the largest hunting knife company in the world. Um, And like, and just like, honestly, and like, our goal is to, like you said, be unapologetically, like we're leaning into hunting. We are mm-hmm. hunters. Josh is a hunter. He started off making hunting knives. Like there's, we're not shying away from that at all. Um, and just a lot of people in our industry are, and mm-hmm. we're just like, you know, if you guys aren't going to lean into it, we will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's honestly what it is. So now we can go back to like what you were saying, the imagery, you know, we have, there's ways to do it tastefully and there's ways to not do it. Tastefully. You got, you guys are, you guys are beyond tasteful, like very, very well done. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I ask because like one of the things that I figured out is that um, as an entrepreneur, right, pick any one of my companies, no one is ever going to love it as much as me and no one's ever going to stand for it as much as me. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's something I see dissipate people's success because they'll, they'll bend in what they believe to be true to appease without realizing the long-term damage it causes rather than being unapologetic and owning and then finding a middle ground to communicate from a place of like my passion, my company, not realizing everybody's a fit, but like we get to choose. And I think I watch you do it artfully and it's, it's, it's really in, in what I would consider. I mean, if you're in Montana, no one even bats an eye, right? But you start mm-hmm. popping into like some other states in the world and ocean states and like, is that really a bear paw with a knife? And they start to get all angry in the comments. And, you know, I, I feel like you guys handle it tastefully. And so that's why I want to handle your perspective, hear your perspective, because there's so many people, even myself, like I mm-hmm. change context. Everyone's like, this is bullshit. You're a scam artist. I'm like, really? Compared to the rest of my market, that's what you're going to say to me. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Wait, better thought, George. Okay. How can I respond to this? How can I handle this from a place of like, this is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why I want your perspective on it. Yeah. And, and then also too, like, I think us leaning into it, like, no, we're a hunting knife company, like kind of yes. like, you know, once someone, once someone lands onto our page, they're like, no, this isn't a pocket knife company that no. every once in a while, like dabbles in the hunting industry. So a lot of those people are weeded out pretty quick. You know, the, mm-hmm. the second they see the, you know, the dead animal or something like that, they're like, oh, okay, this isn't a place for me. Um, you know, it's honestly been a while since we've gotten a negative comment about that. Yeah. Um, I noticed. I noticed. You know, Cause like, I only right remember the- seeing a few. Mm-hmm. And, and like, and they were all early days, all early days stuff. And, you know, we were always just very nice to them. Um, and just being like, you know, this is, you know, the, our, this is our way of life. This is how we decide to live. You know, everything's by the rules. It's all by law. Um, you know, and you know, if you have any questions, let us know. We'd be happy to educate you. Um, so no, and that's a really good obser- observation because it's, it's hard. It's really hard to kind of balance, you know, that, that look and feel and aesthetic without going to like the place where some pages go that you don't want to go. No, you don't want to, you don't want to go there. And the reason I say it, like, I like, obviously I'm a marketer, like this is all I do. So like everything I see, even my friends, I just have a lens that all I see is marketing relationships, business. And 
you know, what I watch from the outside in, and I'd actually love to know this. I've actually never asked anybody this question, but like when I look from the outside in at Montana Knife Company, whether it's you, whether it's Josh, whether it's his girls, and like I know Riley mm -hmm. who does some videos for you, right? Like I know all these people, but one of the things that they all share in common in my observation is that they're not coming to shoot a knife or sell a product. They're a part of a belief in a movement and they come from there first. And then everything they touch is in line because what I feel like is there's this massive congruence. Like if you go to Josh's personal Instagram or even go look at his wife's, right? Cause I'm an Instagram stalker, you know, by trade and you start finding everybody's stuff, you realize that like, this isn't a checked box. This isn't like, oh, this is our job. This isn't our task. It's like, this is who we are. And then now we're going to show everybody. And I think that that's one of the most powerful pieces when it comes to building a company. How is it by accident? Did you guys do it purposefully? Do you guys work on creating culture? Like I know a lot of it comes from, from the top down when you design the company, what we want to be, but everybody who touches and that's involved is a part of that movement as well. And so I'd kind of love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, um, another really good question. And it's honestly just probably like our barometer and people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we only work with people who we want to work with and we only want to work with people and we only want to pay people who want to work with us. Um, you know, a lot of the people that, you know, like people like Riley and, you know, all these other awesome creatives that we're starting to bring into the folds of our company. And I mean, honestly, we, we just hired um, an amazing operations. This, this is going to come out a couple of weeks so I can, or a yeah, week or yeah, two, yeah. so I can yeah, say But uh, we, we just hired an amazing operation manager from Amazon who mm. wants to move back to Montana. And like, he's part of our ethos. Like he's mm -hmm. looks just like us. He acts just like us. He hunts, but he just, you know, he just spent like 15 years in the Amazon world. So, um, you know, I, I think it starts with just at the, at the beginning of just like the type of characters that we work with, you know, if they don't understand our mission, it's, they're not, they're not the right fit for us. If they're just trying to work with us to get a quick dollar and leave. Um, you know, you're, you're able to fill that out pretty quick. You know, but like people like Riley, Riley's been with us since day one and he's just stoked to make a video for the, us. By the way, for anybody wondering, the most epic <laughs> mustache in the world, Riley's a friend of ours, but like you can go look up Riley Connell on Instagram and you will see what I am talking about because nobody can rock an 80s ski suit in spring <laughs> with a handlebar mustache and a mullet like Riley quite can. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And, and he's just yeah. a, just a great dude. And like I said, he texted me this morning. He's like, hey, I'm going to be off the grid for five days. I'm like, good. Bye. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I think the reason I'm asking this is because like, obviously I get, I get asked hundreds of questions a week about marketing and company and business, but they always mm -hmm. tend to come from the bottom up. And I think the best question is the one that are asked from the top down. Like when you have a culture and a movement that everybody's a part of, mm -hmm. tasks are trainable and jobs are teachable. But when you have a company and you're trying to solve problems from the job or the task level, but you're not even asking yourself the most important questions of like, does this person get it? Are they even aligned with the brand? Is this a checkbox for them? Or is this something that they like will embody? And I feel like it's one of the best ways to find the right people and even the solutions to the challenges that we're guaranteed to face. Like you and I have made probably together lots of mistakes and lots of money around them. But it doesn't change how we do things. It changes the way in which we think of things and the way in which we approach things. And it's from the top down. And so I, I love asking because like, you know, on paper, like you guys are a fucking Cinderella story, but it's not because of a certain thing. It's more so the way that you think about it, the way that you mm -hmm. see it, how you stay in. And like I said, this is my observation. 
how you stay rabidly committed to the things that create the result rather than the result itself. Like the mm -hmm. things that I notice, like you will not sacrifice on quality. You will mm -hmm. not under deliver. So you don't make false promises. You will not take pre-orders because you don't want to damage a relationship. So you're open, you document your story and you bring them in as a part of the process. It truly is a family. And that's the most important part. People have to believe in the culture and be a part of the family to be in the ecosystem. And so, you know, on paper, I have friends that are like, oh, do you know them? Like they boom, boom, boom. I was like, yeah. But if you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer. Because in my opinion, the Cinderella story is actually a byproduct of all the most important things held mm -hmm. on such a tight line and being unapologetically non-negotiable and moving any of them so that no matter what you guys touch, it's in alignment, it's consistent, it's congruent, and it's almost like guaranteed to work. That's how I, I see it personally. No, no. And I appreciate it. And, and I'm glad that I'm. And you don't understand how like happy that makes me feel that like, that's how people are viewing our brand. Cause when you're in it, like, you know, when you're in building the brand, you're you know, I'm like, I don't know. Totally. <laughs> I, hope people well, to I mean, when you're in the pill <laughs> bottle, you can't read the outside of the label, but like, exactly. I, I think, and, and like, that's, it's not a backhand comment. I mean, I think it's, mm -hmm. I think it's absolutely incredible, but you guys just embody so much of all the most important part and like remove, you know, strategies and tactics. Like what you guys started with is the relationships, number one with each other. Number two, the mm -hmm. product, right? Like, and we're not talking about an inferior product. We're talking about Josh, who I don't know, but I can already tell is probably the biggest stickler for quality. We'll throw a knife in the trash. We'll start mm -hmm. over. We'll not ship it. Won't box it. If one of the family members is boxing it and something's off, they'll pull it out. He'll go make another one. Like all those things that nobody sees are the things that make it successful. But the only way to recreate it is to have that level of care and commitment to the things that nobody else sees, whether it's creating every day or shooting every day or quality or the relationship. And so like, that's why I say it because everybody wants the secret, right? But the secret is like the practice, the muscle, the consistency, the alignment and all those different pieces to where now, I mean, it's funny, like I, I love it. Cause like I sit here, I'm like, I'm gonna bump into you in Target. And then a day later, I'm gonna see Joe Rogan talking about you on the podcast and Dana White holding a knife. And, and it's not because you're like, oh, let me go give it to Joe and let's see who can get into Dana. But because you guys have remained so consistent and so steadfast in what matters and you embody the values, naturally people like me literally turn around and are like your biggest hype men in the world just because it's something amazing to be a part of. And it's a movement that other people can be a part of and help support. So I just think it's so powerful. Sorry, I'm yeah. talking a lot, but like, I love talking to you about it because you built it. No, no, I love it. I love hearing it. Trust me. I, it, it, it's, it's good to hear. Cause like, like, like you said, when, when you're in the trenches, you just, you know, all, all I'm thinking about is the next day and the next day <laughs> and the next day. <laughs> totally. Well, I you think, know. I think, I think there's a lesson in that too, though, because like you're so connected to the moment, right? Like in, in mm -hmm. the world that we live in, right. And like, I love your view on marketing because it's the same way I see it. Like, I mean, like I think about like my wife, like what filled my wife's bucket today is not going to fill it tomorrow. And that's how I see marketing. Like the reason, one of the reasons I use relationships so much is because like, if you practice the muscle of relationships every single day, the muscle of marketing is the easiest thing in the world because mm -hmm. all you're doing it is you're doing it at scale, but nothing is set in stone. Like just because it worked yesterday doesn't mean it's going to work today. Just because it worked last time doesn't mean it's going to work this time. And so that, that's that's mm -hmm. what I think I love so much about what you guys do. And like, even with your lessons, like all the way back to food service, to 
to then working on the best pre-workout in the world that shouldn't be illegal, but I'm glad it is for my health because, <laughs> dude, I remember being in Somalia when I was deployed to Somalia for 13 months. I would take a scoop of Jack 3D and I would put it in Rip It Energy drinks as my pre-workout. So like <laughs> I was taking what should have already been illegal and adding it to another like energy drink that wasn't even legal in the US. And like after my pot of coffee, that was like my pre-workout. So I wonder how I'm still standing here today. Um, and then you take those same principles and you start getting it with like Rob. And for those wondering, we're referencing Rob Bailey, who's been on the show. So you know <laughs> Rob, um, since it was one of our most popular episodes until this one. And see, that's, that's seeding, by the way, just so everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, and then you take those same principles, you work with Rob, you get agile and you realize that like, one of the things that I love about Rob so much, and I think you embody this, is like Rob plays to his strengths. And one mm -hmm. day he's a football player, another day he's a baseball player, another day he's in another sport. But when he's in it, he's all the fucking way in it. Like, mm -hmm. like there is no getting off of it. Like I was over there the other day, they were shooting a music video in between meetings. And I was like, I have so many videos of him like standing in a Jeep with a video camera. Then we had a barbecue. We finished filming, drop at the airport. Then the next day he's out filming content again. But it's this whole ethos of like create every day connect every day, lean into your strengths every day. And then I think what I'm hearing, the most important part is don't keep that behind closed doors. Share that with the people that you're trying to connect with so that you can build that relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, this is, I could talk with you for fucking ever, even though I'm doing most <laughs> of the love talking it. right now. I love it. I, I, well, I I would have so many questions for you, but I'll never forget this. I DM'd Brandon one day because I wanted to celebrate with him. And I was like, how many sold? And he's like, you never ask a man in Montana how many cows he owns. And I was like, I got it. Thank you for, for staying consistent. Like, I will never ask again. And I was like, so we're going to keep it in the non-measurable bucket of like, they sell out in like 38 seconds of what it feels like to the point where like friends of Brandon, like I'm literally like, I remember one of the drops. I think it was my Cerakote, my orange Cerakote, like Blackfoot or the um, Speed Goat. I literally set three alarms in my phone. I had my account created and I was like, I'm going to be the fucking first one. Like I'm going to be the first one. So like I had like three windows open. So I was refreshing them all like refresh. <laughs> and the first one that added it in and then I DM Brown, I was like, was I first? He's like, no, I'm kind of close. I'm like, Jesus, this is insane to me. <laughs> and it's like just a fun game that I want to play now. But, um, so I want to, I want to, so everybody, first off, make sure you check out Montana knife company website, Instagram, but a couple other questions. So like you have four, four knives right now, right? So right How now, many I, you have right now? Uh, I think there's five models right now. Five models. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the way that you guys do it is basically he starts building them. You guys finish them and then you drop them basically on schedule. Right. And mm -hmm. then you have the speed goat, you have the black foot. What else do you have? Uh, with a stone wall. Uh, yep. Then we have the bear tooth, and then then we have the mini speed goat, which just dropped, and that's been just. Oh, I saw that, that one the other day. I didn't even bother because I was in a meeting. I'm like, I ain't getting it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And then and then, are you? Can we talk about? It? Are you working on a chef's knife? So we are. We. I mean, okay. and this this is definitely something we could talk about. Um, and Josh talked about it on a couple other podcasts and stuff like this too. But, um, yeah, we're we're doubling. We're absolutely going to be doubling down on the on the on the culinary world. Uh, because that it, it fits into our our ethos of what we're doing. So the idea is pretty much I, I want to do I want to do first blood to last bite. So I'm, so first blood to last bite. Please tell so me you're, you're going to put that on a hoodie. <laughs> exactly. Put it on a hoodie, Brandon. Put it on a hoodie. <laughs> so so the idea is to get you know like the knife that processes the meat in the field, 
the knife that processes the feet, you know, the, the, you know, the meat either at the garage or, you know, wherever the person's like chopping meat up to get it in to the freezer. Um, and then we we're going to have a full culinary line, um, for once the, once the meat comes out of the freezer, you're preparing it for your family. So, um, and the, and the thing I love, you know, about working with Josh is Josh is one of the best knife makers in the world, hands down, mm -hmm. but he's also extremely, he understands his limitations. So we actually partnered with Mareka Mazzarelli, who is one of the top knife makers in the country right now, top chef knife makers. So mm. we had him go out and help with the profile and the weighting and the design and the knives he came out with are insane. It's, it's taken us almost, I think we're going like 14 months of development and manufacturing to get this down perfectly to do. And we're almost, the idea is like, can we get a custom, custom chef knife quality in the quantity that we're able to sell? Mm. And that's what we're, we're, and we're extremely happy with what we came up with. And we almost, we almost canned this a couple of times because we weren't happy with either the finish or how they were, how they were just, just being made. And also like they weren't scalable at first until we figured some things out. Like, you know, we, we can't have Josh sitting in a grinder for, you know, for weeks, you know, it has to be a teachable skill that we can pass on to all of our like knife apprentices and stuff like that. So, um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a, a full, we're going to have a large chef um, a Santoku and then a petty knife, which is just a small chef. Um, we're going to be dropping all three of those like sporadically over the next couple of weeks. Um, but we're very proud of this. Um, unfortunately we don't think we made enough <laughs> and I'm not saying it as you like, didn't make enough. This, like we're like, this is going to be enough just to kind of piss people off. But the good thing is like once, once we were able to prove that we can make them in quantity and at the, mm -hmm. at the highest quality possible, we already put an order in for enough steel to do a bigger drop, hopefully in the fall, uh, where okay. more people have a better chance. But um, I'm selfishly asking since, you know, I'm a former food blogger, New York Times bestselling <laughs> cookbook author, and like, that's the one thing. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I'll go home with you and I'll shoot. You break it down. I build guns for hobby, but like I just built a brand new 6.5 Creedmoor 1.7 uh -huh. miles. So you can <sighs> use it, you know, whenever you want. It's beautiful. And I was like, but you get it in the kitchen. And like now we're in a different world. And like I have to hide my knives because... Uh, I'm the only one in the family. I'm, don't you dare put that in the dishwasher. Don't you dare use that on anything but wood. Don't you? And like, I have a <laughs> roll of like my hidden custom made knives that I used as a food blogger for years. And I was oh. like, I'm in the market for a new one. And I was like, I'll be first in line. I hope I get oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. Here we go. No. Yeah. I, no, I, 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 I love it, man. So it, good. Yeah. And I, I'm in, like, I'm in the thick of it right now. Like I'll do like preparing all the marketing and all the videos and like everything. So I'm like, that's all I, I'm honestly just like thinking about for the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited because it is, it's going to be really cool. And it's going to be, and it's finally a knife that we could also give out to the masses. That's just not for hunters, for like the most hardcore hunter. Like it's totally. finally a knife that like someone, and, and then also too, in MKC fashion, um, it is a knife that is going to be packable. Um, and, and we want to see them on top of mountains. We want to see them at the base totally. camp in Alaska. Like they're not made just for the kitchen. They're going to be made they're durable enough and they're rugged enough, but they still work like, you know, a three-star Michelin chef would want them to work and one of the, you know, they're still working night too. Um, I get, like I said, I go on for days, but like, we're just so excited because like the blade is amazing, but the handle is even better <laughs> because I now I'm like, now I'm like, all right, if you, if I don't get one, I'm just going to come over and borrow it and I'll give it back. But I just want to exactly. try it. You know, and again, like, like I said, like, you know, we're working as for working people. The idea is like, you know, all these, you know, our people, people overlook the handles of our knives and stuff like that, or any knife, but that's where we put a lot of our focus. Cause that's what the user's touching. 
Um, and we actually put so much focus into the handle of these chef's knives that when, once you pick it up and once you feel it, you're going to completely understand the difference. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I know yeah. I'm going into like marketing. No, dude, I'm, but it's no, just, no, no, like, I I'm love excited it. about these. No. <laughs> I mean, I think that like, I mean, like even like to, to land this plane, cause somebody said that earlier and I'm going to be repeating it for like a week until I get out of my head. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'd have to do another podcast about all the crazy trips that you take to fucking content, <laughs> flying airplanes, Montana, I mean, Alaska, Yeti waterproof bags in the middle of like countries, like watching you is insane. And I was like, I just love that you have Instagram and I can follow and live precariously, like vicariously through you. I'm going to sit on my couch and hang out with my kids and, uh, you know, stay in my uh, heated seat for right now. But I think like when you think about, like you even said it, like working knives for working people, like everything in this entire episode has been around that. Like everything that you do you say you touch josh says does and touches every single decision you make every thought you have every uh iteration that you do the barometer is like is this a working knife for working people does this fit our ethos does this fit our mission and you will not get off of it and and i think it's one of the most powerful powerful things as to why you guys have what you have but it's it's fucking admirable because like that's how it's supposed to be in my opinion like Every ounce, every ounce of blood in each one of you, you sweat, you all of it, it's all based under that umbrella. And all the decisions are coming from, is this right for us? Is this right for our customers? Is this aligned to what we want to be? Is this who we want to be? Is this who we want to be in three, four, five years? And when the decisions are made from there, it's like the results are almost guaranteed because there's no way that it can't not work because everything is fitting under that umbrella. And so even with the the application into of course you'd have a fucking tagline you know from first blood to last plate or whatever the hell it was it's genius by the way <laughs> um like even that like those kitchen knives they're in the same bucket they're in the same arena they're catering to your demographic of people you already have but it's also opening up and it's also going to serve as like an education tool for people that end up buying a kitchen knife and a chef's knife that naturally start to have a curiosity like why'd they make this knife and wow, this is where they work. And uh, oh, this is why they made it. I can use it in the backcountry. So I was going to end up camping with it. And then they're going to end up, it's, it's insane. It's so beautiful. It's, it's, I'm very rarely at like a loss for words, but like, I've been waiting to have this conversation because I'm like, I'll just edify you the whole time. Like, that's all I'll do. I'll just literally build you up because it's great. <laughs> so oh, I've... before, before I literally have not asked one traditional question I asked, none of my speed rounds, because I just love this, but I want everybody to listen to me. You need to go to Montana Knife's Instagram, Montana Knife Company, MKC. You need to go to their website. I, I don't recommend this off. I sign up for everything because I just want you to see this in action because you've got to hear the backside. You've got to hear like Brandon's thought process and why they do it and how they do it. And I want you to be able to pair it with the front side to see that like everything he says is real. It's true. And like, this is actually how they do it. You will get an email telling you a drop's coming in a week. You will get a 24-hour reminder. You will get an hour reminder. Um, they're not lying. Um, set 17 alarms in your phone. Uh, make sure you have an account if you want one of the knives and, and you build it. But I, I really do just want to commend you and I can't wait to have Josh on as well and mm-hmm. and commend him for like his craft and dig into that because that's a whole different world. I'm going to have to go like study steel and knives and shit to get into that one. You're easy. Like we can talk marketing all day. Um, but I just want to thank you like for doing it right, right? Like 300 mm-hmm. episodes of this show, companies I've worked with years of doing this and like everything you say, everything you do, your entire ethos and who you are as a man is completely aligned. And I just genuinely fucking appreciate when people do it right and they do it for the right reason. So in front of everybody on the podcast, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate that. Like seriously, 
a lot. Like it means a lot coming from you too. Cause I, you know, yeah. I know your, your history and everything else too. And, and I, I feel the same. And like, again, it's just, it's, it's been great to sit down and just kind of talk about this and get a little geeky we, too. We will get a cup of coffee. We, we exactly. will and we can do it without a recording. But like, I'd also be lying if I didn't say like, there's times I see your shit. I'm like, I'm a little jealous of him. Like, I'm a little jealous. I was like, how the fuck does his photos look that good? I'm like, what is he doing? I don't understand. And then I was like, no, 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 not my skill set. His, I love this. It's incredible. And like, I even, you know, one of my favorite things you said today was when you're like, when you take the photos, because you know, one of the things that like I help companies and they come up with like their brand guide, their brand kit, I'll also tell them, I'm like, hey, do you want people smiling? They're like, yeah, I'm like, cool, you have to write that. I'm like, do you want people's back turns? They're like, no, I'm like, cool, you have to write that. So everybody understands the ethos and the culture. And so now when you're like, I want this view of every photo I take that the person is first person, like they're in it. I had photos pop into my mind that I haven't seen in months, but I remembered the photo. I was like, fuck, that's what it felt like. Oh, that was so good. And I just love that like intentionality behind it because it portrays so well. And uh, for everybody listening, go look. Like you're going to be blown away, blown away at like how consistent and congruent it is. But I will tell you that you have both sides of the puzzle and the quote unquote secrets that everybody looks for just based on that conversation and then where you go look at it. So uh, Montana Knife Company's website, uh, which is, is it MontanaKnifeCompany.com? It is, yep. Okay. And then uh, Instagram is Montana Knife Company? Yep. Okay, cool. Yes, yep, yeah. yep. Mont and, Montana and if, Company everywhere. Okay, cool. And if you want to know where we live, there's a video they had that went viral last year on Whitefish Mountain of a mountain biker getting chased down by a bear. Mm. Um, that's where we live. That's that's why we have knives like this, just perfect for hunting and self-defense and whatever you can eat it for, primarily the tourists. Mm -hmm. Shit, I said that. Oh, that's why I overheard Whitefish is the best Instagram account ever. So <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to wrap. Uh, so any, any closing words, I am going to ask you the one question that I ask everybody, because I think it's important. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your perspective. So imagine that everybody got men in blacked prior to this moment. They didn't hear shit. They don't remember shit. They completely got blank, but you have the ability in this moment to tattoo wisdom on their soul. They'll take with them forever as short, as long as you want. What would be your closing tattoo wisdom for everybody listening? Oh man, I would say, uh, Focus on impact, um, not your approval. That's, I think that's my, my kind of like ethos. I've been kind of re repeating in my head re a lot lately. Uh, that, that's a fortune cookie mic drop. That fortune cookie is a degradation of that one. That one hit hard. Focus on impact, not your approval. There are no better words to end this one with. So for everybody listening, Go check out Montana Knife Company. You'll see Brad and you'll see him tagged in the photos. You'll get to go see his stuff too. You'll see more Jeeps mm -hmm. and kids on his stuff and uh, photos. You'll see Josh Smith's knives, but go to Montana Knife Company, go to the website, sign up for their emails, guarantee them their hoodies are great. You have cutting boards now too, right? Or do those sell out too? <laughs> Did those sell out too? I, I I think we're finally catching up on demand on those, which is oh, okay, a so, whole nother conversation I would love to have too. But sorry, yeah, other, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys can go get yourself a cutting board, some badass MKC apparel and things like that, but make sure you check it out so you can see the real world application. And I think if you're listening to this and you go pull up the Instagram, you're like, oh, that's it. Oh, I see it now. Oh, that's it. And you'll start to see all these things come to fruition. So I'm sure Brent, I'll have you back for another run. We'll do it in another mm -hmm. spot. We'll have another story. And then uh, I'm going to have to come down to the shop with you and get some content of uh, Josh making knives and stuff too. Oh so, yeah. You have to come down. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be a blast. I never need an excuse to drive anywhere in Montana. I'm, I'm totally in, totally in. So for everybody listening, make sure you check out Montana Knife Company, check out the Instagram. 
Uh, but we're going to wrap the episode because I got work to do. I'm going to go home and see my family. And so remember that relationships always beat algorithms. I'll either see you in the next episode or you'll hear me in your earballs. But either way, we are out. And Brandon, thanks for being here, man. Cool. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.